So no, it wasn't by design, but it was all. It has always been a goal of ours to be here and be ready for the Olympics, um, especially if they want to run it in the pool. Um, we're we're ready. If anyone's listening, I guess this is a little shameless plug. We are ready. All right, we are pleased to welcome on the stab cusp, Mr. Evan Geiselman, the Golden Child, the Florida Man, owner of the most NSSA East Coast titles of any surfer, two of them over me. He's been in the QS Top 100 every year of the past decade, except for 2014, but who remembers 2014? And most recently, he captured the attention of the serving public for stomping massive airs on the best wave pool air section to date in Japan, of all places. Evan, how the hell are you? Dude, that was quite the introduction there, Mikey. Thank you. Um, I have I have no complaints, man. I've been over here in Japan for the last two weeks and been getting to surf some some of the best artificial waves in the world. So it's been it's been absolutely incredible. Are your legs sore? Dude, I've been I had a shoulder blown out almost day one. I had to put a little tape on the knee for a couple weeks, couple sessions, but yeah, it's 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 stayed together. <laughs> How are your uh, boards holding up? Because I know, having gone to Waco a few times, that that concrete floor is not friendly to polyurethane. Yeah, no. So the first one on uh, so the the big uh, the big airwave here, it's called the wedge pop, and that breaks, and you can if you if if you get to the flats or whatever, I nosed it one and broke a nose, so that's been the only casualty so far. But um, been actually pretty good. I, um, been riding on epoxy a lot of times on the all the other waves in the in the two turn to the air section wave too so that's been they've been they've been holding up yeah and um so as i understand it your stepdad has a pretty big role in american wave machines is that right yeah yeah so michael lopez is senior vp over there and um i've just became really good really good friends with the crew willie here miguel his uh mom and dad Bruce and Marie and it's just and Rob Kelly and they just have a really solid crew and they uh gave me the chance to come over here and I've been hanging with Willie and uh Mikel over here and it's just been us so it's been uh just really endless opportunity kind of exploring really what they're thinking of and then I'm throwing my two cents in and just trying to really make the best wave possible for the public and everyone to see. AJ it's your boy, Stace. It's been a long time. I miss you. But you got the best hookup of all time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it doesn't get better, dude. I'm so grateful for it, man. It's uh, it's the team here, too, man. It's 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 just I wouldn't want to be here with the best. It's, it's the best group of people. So it's been, uh, it's been incredible, man. And I'm excited to kind of explain some of the waves and have Willie kind of chime in, too, and let you guys kind of know their plans and what how all the magic's coming, coming together, man. Cause I've been blown away kind of just learning from them and watching them and just kind of being a little fly on the wall. So it's been, it's just been incredible watching them do their things and been a bonus to be able to surf it. Oh, for sure. We'll, we'll get down to the magic in a second, but can you explain to us Australians the fear you had when you arrived in Japan and they told you that instead of the three day quarantine, you might have to face 14 days. Uh, what was going through your mind when that went down? Because that's, that's, half of the course for us that's everyone that comes back to australia they have to do that but yeah tell us the fear that was going through your mind when you thought you might be missing out on those perfect blue waves for two weeks yeah so this has been a uh this has been something in the talks for the last like month it was kind of a win when the clearance would happen and when when could we get over here and how many people were going to be able to come over here and um 
So Willie and uh, Mikel got over here a few days before me, and then I, I got the green light, and I was something. Some things just didn't go go right for me to get on get on their flight, and um, so I left a three days a couple few days later, which was kind of almost better because this would have sucked if I they would have just been waving at me from the airport when they left. Because I get in, and dude, there's there was a a U.S. team of I don't know what sport, but they were here. There's probably like 15 people in front of me, and they're like they they section you off like everyone's sitting like 10 feet apart in these little chairs and you're waiting in this line it took forever so about three hours in and I was kind of braced I kind of they they filled me in it was going to take a while you had to do another COVID test you had to go through all the procedures and I was like okay this is mellow I'll go into plan so I do the COVID test and I go into another room and they like call it out by like 133 134 I think I was I was 132 or something so I'm hearing all these numbers get called out like all the results are coming back and I'm just I'm watching he was on my flight they're on my flight I'm like Everyone, one by one, is picking off. And I, dude, this is like legit an hour and a half. So now I'm like four and a half hours in. And I'm like, okay, and something's, something's off. I've traveled plenty to know something's off. And um, so they, they sectioned me and this um, other kid that was from Washington into a little section, and our states were flagged. So that's why we didn't have any, we had negative tests, but our, we came from Florida, he came from Washington, there was someone else from Nevada. And luckily, dude, I got so lucky because he spoke perfectly good English and he helped me out tremendously and kind of filled me in. So now we're, dude, I got in at five. I didn't leave the airport till almost one in the morning. And I was like, at first I'm like, dude, so are we having to leave or what's the, what's the issue here? And he's just, it was, it was still mellow. It still ended up only being the three day quarantine, but it had to be done in a government hotel. So it wasn't, we had a little bit, uh, more like dialed plan. I was going to come here by the pool and do my three days here. And it was going to be just a lot more mellower. There's a plan. So it kind of, I'm in a foreign country. I, I don't speak a lick of been here a lot. I should speak a little bit of Japanese, but I speak none. And, um, so yeah, it was a uh, pretty a little jail cell for three days. And it was, it was worth it all the time though, to be here and end up surfing. So worked out. So tell us you're what, like three hours from Tokyo, right? Yeah. So it's uh three and a half hours really. Yeah. Three and a half driving, and then yeah. you can get a bullet train and get here, I think, in like 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the train's going from that. So, Japanese are so Yeah, on they're it. so on it. And, and kind of everything's still leaving the airport's a little ordeal right now. Like, you need to have a private driver or something set up. It's not like taxis are just going around and, and whatnot. So, um, but yes, I'm going to probably bullet train back or figure out some way to get back to the airport because um, that's definitely using the train systems here. It's too easy. It's epic. And you're, uh, this, this wave pool is actually situated by a beach, right? Yeah. So this is about a block from the beach, killer hotel where we're at. That's literally a hundred yards from the pool. And it's just a epic little surf town, good food. Um, just, yeah, kind of really a calming epic skate park. That's like a mile from here too. So it's like kind of, I was surfing with Masatoshi Ano for the last couple of days and he was like, he, he, I guess this is a really, really just good destination. Really big, big surf destination. Sick. What are the waves like? out front and the just the ocean so out front pretty small straight out front but i guess like 10 minutes around this little little nook it's really fun he said some of the some of the best waves around really so so yeah i guess i haven't been in the ocean once though (laughs) i haven't had the desire to go 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 to the ocean much oh you're a pool surfer now you and jacob's ak yeah i mean battle it out for the fucking king of the pool Oh man, it's uh, I'm just excited. Maybe I'll get the call up for a stab high one of these days. That'd be fun. I just want to come surfing. I with think you guys. you're number one on the list for stab. <laughs> Mikey, you hyped that on your Instagram the other day. Is that a done deal, or are you jumping the oh, jumping I'm just the manifesting it. If you speak it, it shall happen. Oh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Absolutely. Let's do the deal now. We got yeah, Willie. What's going on? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> invite Fuck. me. Yeah, invite me. <laughs> so, w- with this, um, the American Wave Machines is the company, and then Perfect Swell is the technology, and you guys use a pneumatic system, as I understand it, which is a bunch of different air chambers that push out basically waves in any sequence that you want. And it's like kind of a brilliant design because it allows you kind of like infinite possibilities in terms of what you can create, which we've seen at Waco, all the different waves you guys have made. And I would imagine that whenever you have the opportunity to, you guys are trying to create new and better waves. Um, So have you guys been, is that what you've been doing in Japan is like making new waves or have you just been trying to like dial in this new pool? Um, Well, both. And so, uh, that that explanation is, is is good enough, I guess, for for uh, you know how our pool works. But what's happened here in Japan is, so the software, like you said, you can control it and do timing and things like that. But there, that's like what we call the drawing of the wave. And then there's all the parameters that are preset for each wave. And here in Japan, we have a whole new software system that has a whole new parameter um, that's used to create the waves that is giving us a lot more creative flexibility. Um, and that's all of the standout waves that Evan was surfing on the edit that uh, he made. We're all incorporating this this new parameter that we have. Um, and so we still have all the staples. We still have all the kind of standard uh, stock standard peeling waves and um, things like that. But even the wedge barrel we've modified using this new parameter. Um, the air sections have this new parameter. So that's what's giving us that and a more efficient system in the back, which is giving us more power, is what's giving us these kind of, you know, punchier, a little bit bigger waves, bigger airs. Um, so that that's that's the reason behind it. So it's not it. necessarily like a bigger pool or bigger fans that are creating bigger waves. It's just that you guys have a more efficient system now. Yeah, so it's actually a smaller pool. When you come here, you'll be blown away by how like intimate it is, um, especially relatively speaking. So obviously six years ago, this pool is like 10 times bigger than anything you've ever seen. But now compared to what, what we're all kind of used to, it's very small, very intimate, but the wave uh, generating is the same length as uh, Waco. So we call it, you know, 73 meters. That's how long our wave breaks. But after it breaks, it gets shallow and dry really quickly. So that, So it has this, it has this arena stadium like yeah. feel to it. Um, I love it. It's, it's really cool. It's great for spectating. Um, and then, yeah, the system isn't bigger. I would say in the back, it's more efficient. It's kind of like if you have a V8 engine and then you do a little tune up on it, you know, fix the internals and get a little more horsepower out of it. And then of course the software is entirely new. So the software is an entirely new generation with with a lot more creative potential. Okay, and the question that I know Stace and I are both dying to know the answer to, does it go right? Please don't say no. It does go right, but tell them why we haven't been going right. You, you tell them it's dude, a Goofy's paradise dude, right now, dude. It's uh, dude, we tried to go right. It's been like I don't know if it's season or anything. It's been borderline like ten to fifteen knots out of your back almost every day, so it's just blown your board away. Like it's been. It's yeah, it's been it's been tough because I came here with the intent like I got to do backside airs like that was like my main focus because I mean I can do frontside airs I I was like super pumped and it's been literally like we had uh, like a couple of regular footers here too that have it's been hard there hasn't been there hasn't been a the a proper one done on a right yet but it's still great it's the same thing it's just yeah I'm sure uh, 
season or maybe we've just had it stormy like right now it's it's rainy we just had a little little up and down weather really we haven't had a perfect no wind day yet but um it's been really good for the last my, my day one was was right, right offshore airway. wind yeah. and then after day one it's flipped and it's super okay, strong cool. and no left so every day this mm-hmm. kind of new um software that you're talking about and the new waves you're able to create with it will that be able to be applied to places like Waco and some of the other new pools that you guys are building or is it kind of specific? Um, it'll be in all the new pools that we build. And then, I mean, at home, you know, we don't stop working on it. So we'll be hopefully adding new layers, um, make the user interface better. And so that's, that's kind of our mission as a company is just keep making improvements. So. Yeah, we'll be we'll so be adding we'll be to it. So we be able to like this wave that you guys have made this air section, like could, because it's software based. Would you be able to send those files to Waco and create that same wave over there? Not currently. Um, the mechanicals are different, and you'd have to. It, it would be a process to. It'd be a, a recommissioning process essentially. Okay, good to know. But any kind of future pools that are being made would have the capability. Yeah, and. You know, I mean, even things like weather and heat, I mean, nothing is going to be exactly the same. So there's always going to be, yeah, you can upload them, but you're going to want to look at them. You're going to want to test them, and, you know, but the short answer is yes. Sounds like the surfboard industry, like you can make a file in Australia, send it to America, but it's not going to be the same. You're still going to want to ride the board, but I'm sure over the years, it's going to get pretty, pretty close to being the same and i think that um i never even thought about that before like the rate at which these things are going to improve now because of all the being able to share information between each of the pools that you guys set up that's going to be incredible the you know the the curve of you know improvement for everyone's going to be crazy evan you'll be doing 720s on the backhand in no time yeah i was hoping it was going to happen this trip but definitely didn't i didn't get to i didn't get to practice those backside errors dude (laughs) but um no it's been epic and that's kind of to what Willie, we were kind of doing some, he was running me through, he showed me the wedge pop and then um, kind of was just, we were talking waves really. And I'm like, dude, so how, like, how can we maybe, in my mind, I I think a complete ride should be like skating, right? So it's a it's a combo, right? It's a minute run or whatever. It's a run, right? Not just an air. And that's kind of where this, this new wave, the two turn to the air wave came about. We just started talking. I'm like, man, I would, it would be epic to be able to do a turn before a huge air or two turns or something, you know? And that wave kind of came about, and I think that wave is the president, like the precedence for where surfing can go and where runs can go, and how I mean it's going to be judged because you can go and do a huge carve if you want, a huge tail blow, two hammers, and then a huge air. You know, so the whole ride will get judged, and it'll be um, it'll be it'll be an incredible comp, and just the variety would be incredible. Yeah, well, well, on that, um, you know, we've seen a lot of wave pool reveals over the years. And uh, a lot of these people have been really smart with their marketing and the way that they do it. We saw Slater's drop the day after Adriana's world title. Mm-hmm. We saw Waco drop the last day of Slater's wave pool event in Lemoore. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing this Japan pool come out weeks before the Olympics comes to Japan. Um, so tell it to us straight. Was this the grand master plan or did it just happen serendipitously? Both. I mean, we, we first came to Japan in 2016 when, when we knew, when we knew the Olympics were going to be here and for our company, we knew it was a seminal moment. There was a lot of talk about which technology would be used. We just kind of put our heads down. My folks came here multiple times and 
our goal was to be ready, obviously, for 2020. It didn't happen. Coronavirus happened and delayed it a year. So there's your serendipity moment. We would have missed it by 10 months. But um, so, no, it wasn't by design, but it was all it has always been a goal of ours to be here and be ready for the Olympics, um, especially if they want to run it in the pool. Um, we're, we're ready. If anyone's listening, I guess this is a little shameless plug. Yeah. We are ready. Yeah. We are ready to host the Olympics. And I even uh, I even asked Aaron how we can generate momentum going towards that. Obviously, I'm being selfish, but uh, yeah, that was always our goal as a company. And um, it happened kind of, you know, because of coronavirus, Shout essentially. Corona. Um, so have you had any conversation with the Olympic organizers? Is there any chance that this is like actually a possibility? I'm just going to say there's a chance and I'll leave it at that. Um... <laughs> wait, wait, that, no, that makes it sound. Let me, let me reel that back a little bit. Um, I didn't say how big the chance what? was. Uh, you know, we're reports are coming in that there's a cyclone. There's, a, I'm saying there's saying a chance. There's a yeah, chance. It, it would be the perfect storm, right? It's not rideable. They need somewhere to go. Like, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's here. That's the thing. It's here and it's ready to go. I just don't know how that would go down though with, but I guess this is not a WSL event. It's quite clearly an ISA event. Uh, Willie, you might be able to share more on that in the sense that I understand the WSL purchased land in Japan uh, for the Olympics, but couldn't get it ready in time. Is there any truth to that? Uh, I don't know. I know that I know that everyone was kind of contending to get in here, um, us included. I have no idea what happened with anyone else's discussions, but I think we we all in the industry saw saw an incredible opportunity. So I'm sure some moves were made. Yeah, I. Oh my God! If that actually happened, that would be one probably the greatest marketing and strategy play ever so kudos and two i think it'd be really cool for olympic surfing um i i remember like back when it was announced it was like immediately like in my mind i was like oh it should be in a wave pool like that's the one event where it really makes sense for it to be in a wave pool Uh, at the same time like i think like tahiti in 2024 will be really cool but as far as like performance surfing goes i don't think anything like you know just the olympics is built around having set you know time place and a even playing field like that's what it yeah. is that's the olympics and 100 percent do it in surfing yeah and and that would be re- that would be that would be the coolest moment ever to introduce it to the world really on the olympic stage into a controlled environment where you know what you're going to get and watch the best guys know that they're going to perform really so you know who doesn't it would be, want it would be really to cool go to the happened. wave pool is john john florence who I think is probably not doing too many errors at the moment. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully he's healing up good and he's ready to go. But he's coming, so I mean, he'll. I'm sure he's he's feeling good and hopefully. Uh, if, he, if he's not able to compete, EG, you're tagging in. <laughs> that would be that would be <laughs> epic. But I think uh, I think it's Kelly I think Kelly would be on uh, the first flight over here, doing anything he could and taking that spot. <laughs> so that would be. Uh, they're gonna do good though. Those boys. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch and. It's pretty epic. Surfing's in the Olympics. It's fucking who would who would have even thought that? It's pretty pretty crazy. Did did we hear that the uh, you know competition aside? Did we hear that some of the Olympians are coming over to the wave pool to train and get ready prior to the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. We've had we've had Team Japan here the last two days in a row, um, uh, without uh, you know except Kanoa, but we had uh, Hiroto and um, 
Mahina, Mahina and, uh, what's her name? What's her name? Kiko-san or... Uh, Rip Curl Girl, Regular Foot, surf, Surf's Well. Surf's really um, good, so... Yeah, Amara, Amara, yeah, Amara, yeah, Amara, yeah, she, so, and then, uh, um, Shun was here, too, so, yeah. it was, um, it was epic, it was so fun surfing with them, and it was actually, because I had a couple days before them, and it was actually almost weird surfing in the pool by myself, because it was, like, it's fun surfing with people, obviously, when you're surfing, you get pushed, and it's, um, you know, there's always that little go wave to wave or something, so it was, it was epic surfing with them, and being able to, uh, see them surf the pool. What's the, uh, what's the rate between the waves, like, can you, are you able to run like two or three wave sets or is there a little gap between the waves right now? Um, yeah, the pool's really tiny. So we're, we're, we're still in the process of kind of fully tuning in volume, let's say. Um, but we're running sets, uh, of, of just our stock standard peeling waves. But, um, most of the training waves and air sections and things like that are individual waves. And we're, we're letting some settle time happen before running the next one. I think we're like still pretty quick. It's like once it's like, every fifty seconds. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's like right there at fifty seconds to a minute. It's pretty mellow. It's kind of the perfect, perfect reset time. You know, any more waves, you just you do four in a row, you're just toast. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, sick. Um, so Stacy, anything else you want to know specifically about? Yeah, the pool? I'd like to know, like from Willie's perspective where he thinks the next sort of crop of surfers are going to come from, uh, you know, if he, you know, really mate, do you think they're going to come from any other sport other than surfing? I guess is what I want to know. Evan, we saw you behind the boat the other week. Sierra Kerr spends a lot of time behind a boat. Can you see kind of that cross pollination of sports happening there? Yeah. I mean, Evan might be better equipped to answer the question than I even, but, I will say this, that you were never going to replace the ocean. And one thing I've noticed about commissioning this pool is when you think about a really high-level surfer like Evan, what they do well is diagnose waves really quickly because in the ocean, everything is different. And if you're going to be at the highest level, you better do, you better do really well no matter what, what comes at you and read quickly and execute. So he comes in the pool... And he did the biggest error I've ever seen in a pool on his first try and landed it. And I don't know that you get, I, I don't know. It's such a, it's a, such a good question. Does that happen without ocean training where you're, you're constantly tested with very variable conditions? I do think long-term future, the answer is, a, is definitely yes, because as we kind of populate the world with pools and maybe you never don't have access to the ocean and you just start day one on a pool, you're, you're going to be an interesting type of surfer and rip a wave pool for sure. But I don't know. It's an open-ended question. We'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be like that crossbreed surfer. You know, there'll be that landlocked kid that literally grew up in a pool that is going to be a psycho. He's going to do every tech air in the book, but he might, you know, reading the ocean is totally different. Stace, we all surf here. So it's, um, it's kind of a totally, it's going to be almost two, two different sports. They'll be surfing, but there'll be one that's more catered to the, to the artificial surfer. And then there's going to be obviously your stock standard, uh, just your everyday surfer. So the main thing is though, it's so, it's incredible for all. It's so sick and how sharp you get. Like that's, that like, that's what I was telling the Japan team. I mean, for these guys, it's like coming from Florida, the waves aren't good. It's like, it's tough. You don't get the luxury of, I mean, it does get good on occasion, but this will get these guys so dialed on. They have the best airwave in the world right now, right here and there in their country. So it's like, 
I would say for their the next crop of five years, I mean, I would, I would, I think the level is gonna, it has to go higher. It has to. For sure, and I think um, well, there's a few there's a few parts to that, and I think like, you know, my opinion on the question I gave you was that before I saw your combo wave, Evan, I was just thinking, wave pool world champ. And then Ocean World Champ, there'll be two different tours and it'll just be like, you know, you, whatever you can get behind. But watching your combo wave just blew that out of the water for me. You have to be a surfer to do that. You have to be able to read the wave, like you mentioned. You have to have all the tricks in the book, you know, good fundamentals and then incredible ability to execute the hardest tricks in the book. So you got to have it all. And I think in the, you know, the short to medium turn, it's still going to be the best surfers that are in the ocean will end up being the best in the pool. I think just because of if you're doing multiple maneuvers on a wave, you can't do that behind a boat or if you're a good skater or a good wakeboarder or whatever. But definitely I think over the years we'll see some sort of like bridging of the gap, but it might be a bit further down the track than what I was thinking. And then to your point, Evan, about how the Japanese team are there, Remember when we all went to the Wave Garden in Wales? And like, admittedly, that was early days wave pool and crew were just figuring it out. But it was pretty fun for what it was. And then I think out of the 10 guys that were there, pretty much everyone got a ninth at the Azores. Yeah. No, you that, know what I mean? I, I've, told that, I've told that story. Yeah, I went on to have one of my best runs through Europe. Um, I think I went fifth, ninth. I did. And it was... The sharpness, dude. Every every session, like I can go, like I won't catch a wave all day, and I'll go out in first wave. I'll just feel sharp. It's like because I've had so many reps in a row, and it's like that was the thought process when we were talking about this new wave, um, the highball. That's what it's called, highball. <laughs> and um, it was about that. It's about not just being known. Obviously, you got um, perfect swell makes the best air section. They're going to continue to make the best air section, but it's making the variety. And now they just blew out what what I personally think it's the perfect length. You can do two turns. You can have the variety of whatever turn you want to do, and you're going to do the biggest air. It's it's bigger than the normal air section, so it's like it ticks every single box, and p- potentially maybe you can get barrel and then do two turns or something. There's a lot of endless opportunities that might might happen. So it's um yeah, it was a it, it really was a breakthrough breakthrough pool, right? It was totally hundred yeah. percent because it's it, it hits a lot of different different things. And just to tease the future a little bit, sorry, Mikey, our next pool in Brazil is going to be nearly double in, in ride length. Um, we're going to be able to do that on a bigger scale where it's not just one ender air section, maybe it's two or three mm-hmm. along the way. And then, you know, we've, we've looked a lot at skateboarding and snowboarding and, you know, some in, in street league, for example, you have the run section and then you have best trick. So really in pools, there's no reason that contests don't start to take a new form where there's the run portion and then the best trick portion and you have to kind of play strategy on what tricks you save and what have you so the future is really exciting i think for uh for competitive surfing um on our pools so, yeah i could see that yeah, too be cool. being kind of like the future kind of the evolution of stab high as well because Obviously, we've done Waco with the single air section. We've gone to the ocean now. And then I think bringing those two things together a bit and creating a pool event where maybe it's like combo related, maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe you do two airs on a wave or whatever. Like there's there's so many possibilities that are really exciting to think about. Um, but if you don't mind, Evan, I wanted to kind of segue into just talking about your kind of career and trajectory at the moment. Yeah, so I mean, like, I mean, I saw you, right? I saw you about, what, four or five months ago when you were down in town. 
it's just been man that was in all honesty i actually was very thankful that the corona happened i was burnt i was pretty burnt out on you know chasing these points or whatever you want to call it doing the qs and um yeah it was just draining got off to a shitty start anyway to that year and um it was nice it was a little reset button got to be home for the longest time since i was 13 years old and um now i mean it's all kind of picking back up we're starting to get i'm, I'm more excited to surf than ever and i've i'm signed with a company that actually caters to kind of what i want to do with surf fish golf kind of there it's more of a, like a lifestyle outdoors brand which has been awesome and such a perfect timing um during all that pandemic stuff and what? yeah looks like we're i'm coming out to cal and we're going to start to do a comp and start to start to get get going and uh i think these these comps are going to slowly start coming back, okay so cool because that was my question because like we've watched you you know over the last decade we've seen you get really close a few times to cracking the ct and a couple times in hawaii kind of just like one heat or two heats or whatever just kind of heartbreaking situations and i now i see you it looks like you're just living your best florida man life just surfing fishing golfing all the time i was curious if you even wanted to come back to the tour yeah and it's still it's still a funny question it's something i've been i've been thinking about a lot but i'm so competitive still dude it's like you don't lose that and i love competing so much but i but then there's the there's this i get to see my brother and he goes and he's having the best time ever too so it's just kind of fitting it all into a degree you know because i i love doing surf trips i love hanging with my friends and i i love i love trying to get clips i mean it's it's really fun and that's kind of what as as a kid before all the pressure was there that's what i focused on a lot anyway so it was um it's just kind of going to be mixing both. I don't feel like I have the pressure like I did on on myself, and I just feel like I love surfing and I'm competitive. So I want to continue to keep my seed there and go into each comp and you know go there with a purpose and try to do my best. And if I end up qualifying, great. If I don't, I'm gonna go fucking play golf or go fish and have some beers <laughs> and cruise. I, I could, you know, yeah. it's all it's it's all good. I mean, it's uh just yeah at a good place. So. So you did have a uh, one crack at the CT back in 2017. You got the wild card into the lowers event, and you actually smoked a mid title run Matt Wilco on the lowers left with your patented blowtail, um, kind of just put him to shame. And then you ran into Jordy Smith, who must have felt like a brick wall. Can you tell me about that experience a little bit? Yeah, it was it was a really good experience. I mean. Uh, the Wilco heat it catered it catered to my surfing. I mean, it was it was pretty shitty lowers. I mean, it would have been great to have have some better waves. But um, again, man, you can beat anyone in heats. I mean, that's what if if anything we've watched these CTs. I mean, you're watching guys who are making heats. It's felt more like a QS and it has the CT. It's it's kind of it's been weird. I don't know. It's kind of a felt feels like a changing of the guards. But um, yeah, Jordy is Jordy. I mean, it just exposes flaws. Like I know at that time and still right now but I'm surfing against a dude that's almost 200 pounds a powerhouse and you know he's gonna go out there and he can surf at 80 percent he's gonna get a nine you know I would have to surf out of my skin <laughs> to to go get a nine up against that you know so it's just it's recognizing your flaws working on them and um yeah you know it's it comes with experience too I definitely should have went out there looking back on it and tried to maybe take away his strength which is those rights and put myself on those you know instead of trying to go to my bread and butter and go left and try to do errors. So yeah, it's, just... it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, I, I can tell that you've kind of reflected on this heat a lot. I'm sure you've watched the, the heat analyzer a couple times and, you know, looked at your surfing and his surfing and everything. And I actually went back and, cause I actually remember this moment. And I remember that you actually got, 
you know, you, Barton Lynch actually gave you a bit of a hard time. In a way, I, you know, I love Evan. He's a great friend. He's an amazing surfer. But there is a distinct difference between a, a QS surfer and a CT surfer. And in this, it's, it's all about the presence and the power, as Pete was referring to, and that strength and energy that's in it. And, and they, they, it just stands out so much, or it has stood out so much in this heat. Evan's really gone for it. I did suggest the backhand might have been a place to go. Having watched the backhand, I think the gym might be the place to go. <laughs> because you are so funny, <laughs> No, it was fine though, but that's that's the thing. That's why I love it. I mean, you might as well, if you're going to be in there and be reserved, you might as well not even be in the booth. I mean, you might as well speak your mind. And I mean, again, you can see it. It's it's tough. speak about it. I don't know. It didn't bum me out. It's just I I talked to him after. I didn't I didn't disagree with what he said. Yeah, no, I I, I train. I I train a bunch. I I wish I definitely. I mean, I didn't get blessed with that stocky uh, that stocky you know hundred and eighty pound. I wish I had my brother's frame. I wish I got blessed with that frame. <laughs> but um, but um, no. I mean, yeah. There's ways to do it. Being in the gym, you know, surfing more technique technique wise. There's a lot of a lot of different ways to do it. Look at Philippe. I mean, that dude packs a punch with any of those guys, and he's a buck. You know, probably buck fifty five, buck sixty. So. <laughs> assuming you do get in how do you feel about the four events like how do you do you think they kind of play into your yeah well 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 yeah I'm, I'm committing definitely if if i'm in it so now we got another one I've, like you said i've had a, i've had a seed where i haven't been out of the top 30 in the last maybe 40 i don't know something like that in the last four years and then that we had one comp and i potentially could lose my seat i got to do a 1000 in huntington right now and i'm in the 10th spot so yeah hopefully if i if hopefully i'm even in them Stacy, you were talking a bit earlier about a few other surfers who, you know, based on the, the current qualifying criteria, might not make it into that uh, Challenger series as well. Who are some of those guys? Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't too clued in on the American side of things, but Evan filled me in. It, it's sort of surfers like Barron and Crosby. They're going to need to put their hands up for wild cards. And then, uh, you know, out here in Australia, surfers like Mitch Cruz, uh, same kind of thing. Kihu Butler, who's a young kid uh, from New Zealand who would certainly be chasing the QS if it was a normal sort of situation. But because it's a condensed field on the Challenger Series, you know, someone who has that support that he has and a decent enough seed would usually be traveling the world. But he, he fell outside that top 10 in our region. So there's a few guys like that around the world that as much as they want to be doing it, they might not get in. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of like this little battle that Evan's going to have on his hands right before the Challenger Series starts. It's a perfect little warm up. Like with you going in at 10th, that's, that's pretty... It's kind of heavy that they've just chucked on an event just beforehand, but it's a good warm-up, I reckon. It'll get the competitive juices flowing again after 18 months off and then get you on the road ready for the big boys. Um, Evan, I know we've spoken about the tour a lot over the years. Um, you briefly mentioned there that you're not really seeing the tour drop down to 22, um, You know, like we've spoken about on the podcast before. You don't really agree with that being as an option, but... Over the years, have you ever seen anything that you know you you thought uh, you know would would suit the formats a little better of, of how we crown our world champions? Yeah, I mean this will be interesting. I mean again, it's like there's going to be opinions on both sides, right? It's like Medina's absolutely smoked everyone. Like he, I mean he'd probably already be world champ. I don't know how the points. I haven't. I mean I haven't dove into that or looked at that. But I mean that guy's been on a roll, and the fact that he can lose, not win the world title this year is kind of crazy to me. But then you look at other sports, so. 
you look at other sports and people produce in the regular season and lose first round in the playoffs, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta perform and all. So I think that will bring a cool aspect. Lowers again is, I mean, I could chalk Philippe up to like just getting in and winning every single year for the next, like, I mean, I feel like he has a pretty clear advantage over everyone out there, which is, you know, scary, but good for him. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting. Surfing's in the crossroads. They're trying to make it bigger than it is. I don't know. Surfing was the biggest it ever was in the early 2000s. So, I mean, there's already a script to how to make surfing big and keep it core. It's not a traditional sport. It's a, it's a lifestyle slash one of the greatest things to do in the world. So, um, and you compete doing it and you got to be on it. But I just think keeping that kind of core is what drives a lot of people into thinking or to watching surfing and thinking it's really cool, you know? <laughs> it's like, so... Yeah, pretty much I'd say the only thing I don't really just like the 22 guys. I mean, there's so many good surfers. There's not one there's not one high level sport in the world that only has 22 guys in it. So, I get it with times permits. I, I get a lot of other stuff goes into it. I mean, is I don't know, do people watch F1? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't. I, 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 okay, Willie, just how many people to survive and then you'll watch the F1. I've been hooked on it ever since. Yeah. yeah. How, how same many, thing happened to me. How many guys are in F1? 20. I have no clue. 20. 20. So 20, I mean, okay, well, th- there you go. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I no, don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's cool to have, you know, like I think Kolohe has been pretty vocal about, you know, he hasn't been a fan of the, the top five and he was he's in it, you know. He's kind of been yeah. highly rated the last couple of years and yeah. even someone who it would benefit him a lot, he can still yeah. see that there is sort of some discrepancies there. And, mm-hmm. and like you say, EG, there's always going to be different opinions and surfing's yeah. definitely at a crossroads at the moment. None yeah. bigger than The Ultimate Surfer, which will be airing on the ABC shortly. Uh, nice. The biggest rip-off of that is the fact that your brother did not get in. Uh, can <laughs> yeah, you walk I, us through that? I wish I had a little more, dude. I mean, actually, it's really funny because, I mean, it's... I mean, I don't even know if I want to comment on this, but whatever, who cares? Um, and it's like, dude, I'm not even thinking of it. And then you get like, I'm getting these emails from like people in the WSL, like, oh, make sure you sign up for the WSL. I'm like, so, or the ultimate surf. I'm like, so wait, what do you mean? Is that make sure, like, I'm not going to sign up to do something like, because I really don't give a shit about it at all. But like, does that mean, I mean, it is, it's a good, it, it's a good thing. I mean, I guess for, for uh, sponsors and whatever to be a part of, right? It's good publicity, but I was like, I never in a million years was ever going to sign up to do that. And then like, I'm getting these emails. I'm like, okay, well, they're like kind of baiting Eric and I and like all these, like, I think Danny, a lot of people did. I'm like, dude, did you get this email too? Because I didn't know if it was like some special email, like I was going to get in. So you go through these dumbest fucking interviews I've ever, so bad, so bad. It was unbelievable. Such an unbelievable process. But I'm not taking anything away from the people that got in it. It's cool. I'm really happy for the people that got in. I'm not doing that. I'm not hating on it. I just, it was never, it wasn't for me. So I wasn't ever thinking about doing it until I get these emails about like you know getting into. Did it. they make you so, take your shirt off in the interview? Um, yeah, I mean, what I'm. Oh, dude, like, yeah, I'm like doing a 360 spin with my shirt off and shit. I'm like, what? What is going on right now? Like, I was like in disbelief, and so I call my brother right after because I think I I went before him and he went after me. I'm like, dude, you just it's pretty uh yeah pretty full on. It definitely was a a different thing for what what we're used to. Um. But yeah, I thought he was going to be in it too. I, I, but Eric would have been so, he would have sold it. I mean, talk about wanting to sell a show. I don't know why he wasn't on that. But um, yeah, boys, it's what any any anything else? I'm pretty good. That was a really fun chat. What about you, Marky? Yeah, no, that was great. I'm good. 
Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it, guys, and I've been actually excited to get on this with you guys. So that was uh, good to see you and love what you guys are doing. And thanks for picking Willie, Willie's brain and mine. And we'll have, uh, yeah, we got some more footage, too. We'll put out kind of more of a little timeline of just more ripping and the little highball wave and kind of market some stuff around that, right, Willie? Yeah, yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, that was wicked. Um, I think it was especially cool to have uh, Willie be able to have a chat with us as well because there's so many, I guess, intricacies with uh, how these things are being made and also so many different moving parts. And even in a normal world, it would be hard to get all these things off the ground, but particularly given the global pandemic that we've been motoring through the past sort of better part of two years now, it's um, crazy to see these things come together and the timing is just perfect. If they can get any kind of hype around it to get the Olympics there, you'd surely think the surfers are going to be... Oh, I mean, I would if I was a surfer, 100%. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about what the conditions might be or might not be for the Olympics, but to, to more or less guarantee perfect waves, I don't know who wouldn't want to do that. Um, and God, it just looks so much freaking fun. So yeah, well done to the American wave machines crew. They absolutely crushed it both from a construction software and timing marketing sense. Um, absolute brilliant play. And yeah, at this point we just got to keep our fingers crossed, I guess. Oh, that'd be sick. You know, who does gigantic frontside airs that's in the Olympic heat draw? Apart, Leon apart from the obvious, of uh, ten points, ding, ding, ding. Yes, <laughs> gigantic. Like, um, I, I don't know how he goes uh, on the back end, but I've seen him at a couple QSs around the world do like world-ending frontside air reverses, and maybe the odd full rotation. But like, he's big, tall, lanky German, and he. You know, he'll need to string... Whoa, whoa, whoa. German, Costa Rican. He's surfing for Germany, bro. Once you do that, um, you're committing to your flag. Like, there's none, none of this anymore. If you want to get into the Olympics by doing that, that's what that's that's who you are. you got to own it, as far as I'm concerned. So, he'll be surfing for Germany. And he'll be doing big airs if they go... Well, he'll be doing big airs if he can find a left anywhere. But if it's in that pool, he, he's got some crazy pop. So, he could, he could be our Olympic dark horse. Yeah, we actually had Leon uh, at one of our stab highs in Waco, and um, yeah, he I don't think he did great in the event, but I know that he did fantastically at the after party. <laughs> he uh, really made a name for himself, so uh, I think he, he, he can definitely clutch up under pressure, and I, yeah, if it does go to the pool, he might be the only one that can take down Gabby and Italo. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? You've been shredding. Uh, you've been shredding on the side of Mason and Coco on the the rusty keg. How how did that go? How did it go surfing with those two? And then how did the board go? Oh, surfing with those two is like seriously. I mean, this is it seems so cliche in that I'm just like blowing smoke up their asses because they're pro surfers. But truth be told, I, I don't really revere many pro surfers. Um, but they were such a joy to hang out with and surf with. They're seriously like two of the kindest coolest most sincere down-to-earth people um which probably just speaks to you know their whole family and how they were brought up and 
yeah, the, the whole experience down there at the electric acid surfboard test was incredible. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast have seen the five-part series that we created with them, which was amazing. And yeah, I was lucky enough to be down there testing some boards and doing a few other things uh, for that project. And one of them was, as you mentioned, the Rusty Keg. And uh, it's basically, it's Wade Carmichael's go-to um, shortboard. It's his model. And it's really, honestly, quite different from what most CT surfers are riding. Like, I was pretty shocked when I got it because it's, it's pretty flat. It's a little bit shorter than, like, a normal shortboard that you'd ride, a little bit wider. And the tail is really where it gets crazy. The tail is like a freaking loaf of bread, man. It's so thick and wide. And... Yeah, I mean, most guys on tour are riding boards, you know, with relatively pulled in tail so that they can do really sharp kind of like angular and hard on rail turns. And Wade, I don't know if it's just because of his technique or his size or whatever, but he's he's riding a huge tail block. So um, basically it, it took some getting used to for me. Um, I found it at first when I put my kind of normal standard set of fins in there uh, the, the futures, the vapor core F sixes, uh, it was like really squirrely and all over the place, which like for a shortboard is not typical. So, um, we were on these points and the waves were pretty sucky and really good, but also hard to rip on because it was either kind of really flat and you're doing cutties or it was really steep and you're just trying to keep the nose up. <laughs> so, um, I was struggling a little bit and then I put in the Connor coffin fins and they seem to make the tail hold a lot better because they're a stiff fin. They're made from all fiberglass and they're a little bit larger. They're the largest medium fin that futures makes. So they kind of like straighten the board out a bit, but I still felt like I wasn't in the right conditions for that board. So after that, I took it down to Costa Rica when we were filming stab high. And that is when the thing just freaking went off. We're surfing a little beach break out front, super fun waves, you know, chest high, head high, whatever it was. And it was, this is like a perfect beach break surfboard. And, you know, going back now and looking at footage of Wade, obviously he's like one of the most powerful surfers on tour. He throws tons of spray. But when you look at his surfing, it has this like, and I didn't realize this really till after the fact, but it has this really like buttery kind of flow to it where it's not like, Mick Fanning where it's kind of like a bit staccato and the, and the turns are like sharp and then they like stop like his his turns he's always he's like pushing 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 and then he gets to a point where you'd either stop or you'd slide and he does this thing where he, he doesn't he's not like drifting but his tail has a bit of like give in it and I think that's why he rides at it like it lets him free up through that last kind of quarter of the turn um, and this board kind of lends itself to that cause it just has this wide tail that wants to, it doesn't want to like just dig straight into the wave. It wants to kind of like glide and it's a really cool feeling. Once you figure it out, I just had to put in bigger fins to get there. But once I did and in the right conditions, absolutely amazing surfboard for beach break waves. So, um, that was pretty much what I got out of it, but I, I hope you'll go and watch the, the review because we got some really fun waves and. I think the That's conditions you tested it in were perfect to kind of explain because you could see from the clips how it grinding the the point break waves are there in, in Mexico where you were and so hard to turn pretty much any surfboard when the waves are doing that kind of thing where they're barreling on themselves but then you notice the difference so much when you got it back into fun beach break waves 
And I know what you mean about Wade surfing. I think it's hard to see, but he actually has a really narrow stance. And I think that's what maybe helps with stopping that wide, thick tail from sliding is because he's got so much pressure back there um, and his feet are so close together. I think it helps like engage his turns because he's, um, to me, such a unique surfer. I don't think I've seen anyone sort of like him. You'd expect someone like of his build in that to be a bit more stocky and a bit more locked out in their stance, but he's he's kind of got like a tall guy stance for a short guy. Um, and it just works so well when he gets like his timing right and everything. He's arguably one of the most powerful surfers on tour. Oh, 100%. And I just love the fact that he just kind of owns being a bigger dude. Like I'm sure he trains as well, but you also see him, like he posted something the other day. He was just in some Aussie pub eating a fucking chicken schnitty and and drinking a beer. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which a good portion of the tour, you would not catch them putting that inside their bodies. Right, that's what an athlete's rig looks like in 2021. Wade Carmichael. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely jealous of those little peeling right-handers that you got. Um, to oh, what are you talking so about? The goalpost has been cooking. Yeah, you're right, actually. It has been cooking. But just <laughs> Mexico is a good part of the world and yeah, I don't see myself going back there anytime soon. So I was definitely daydreaming watching those clips, um, especially uh, when you were getting, you know, shoulder high barrels that's yeah that's that's fun (laughs) just (laughs) falling falling in the most perfect waves ever yeah that really exposes you when you get a wave that is like absolutely flawless and you find a way to fall no that wave that wave taught me so much about tube riding i i did exactly the same thing every single wave i was just purling the nose purling the nose purling the nose and what am i doing wrong i did it about 10 times and i was just thinking to myself what is going on and then i finally figured out that yeah you basically just got to have two feet on the tail block and just have the (laughs) nose coming out of the water and you'll the wave will push you along no worries you just need to get right on the back foot right on your tail pad i tend to sort of ride my board a little bit further forward but I think uh, in that part of the world, you can't do that. You need to be you need to be doing a wheelie in the tube. Yeah, that's exactly what Mason, Coco, and I were talking about when we were out there too. Like I am a an egregiously front footed surfer and tube rider, especially. And you know, oftentimes, like I feel like I could probably get over more foam balls if I was more back footed, and you can kind of just plow through them rather than your board dipping under. But I've always like just kind of gotten away with it, surfing beach breaks and stuff, and this place totally exposed me and, and forced me to adopt a totally different sort of like style of tube riding. Um, and then, you know, once I left there, I went to Costa Rica and then I went to Indo and I kind of went back to my old habits, which I kind of wish I didn't because there's definitely some benefit to being back footed, but it was truly like, I'd never had to surf a barrel like that before. It was really interesting. Thought you did really well. Coach's eye was all over it. You negotiated it well. <laughs> cheers stacy all right well um yeah this was this was exciting and obviously we have i'm sure a lot to talk about regarding the olympics in a couple of weeks when they start so um let's get out of here and we'll we'll talk again what maybe like 10 days or so